you ever seen Running Man with uh, Schwarzenegger? Like that heavy, like oh. synthesized music in that movie. Mm. It's the first thing I thought I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's a god-awful movie, but the music's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an 80s Schwarzenegger film, so there's got to be some quality to it. Man. Is it from the 80s? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's got all in it everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, one and all, to the Wouldn't It Be Nice podcast. I'm your host, Dylan, and I'm joined by Travis. <laughs> and we have a wonderful guest tonight. His name is Dadkins, other known as Dustin, Dustin Adkins. Adkins. Yes, <laughs> from Adkins Woodworking on Instagram. Um, we are not experts, but we want to be. So Absolutely. we have therefore called ourselves the wannabes. That's a new name for us. <laughs> and, wouldn't uh, it be nice if we were professionals? Wouldn't it be nice if we were professionals? And the whole purpose of this podcast is so that we can one day become professionals. That's the goal. And uh, Travis and I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners. And one of the tangible ways we want to say thank you is offering a Facebook community for everybody to be involved. Um, there will be conversations outside of the podcast, um, open to the public. And then we also have a Patreon now, and one of the perks of becoming a patron is to be part of our private Discord community that will allow you to um, communicate privately as a group, everyone who's a patron. We're going to use that as kind of a form of building the podcast into a better version of itself. So we'll take ideas from you, um, we'll you know bounce ideas, take ideas, um, and so much more. But that's really one of the purposes of that. And there's a bunch of other tiers. If you're a top tier patron, we have a free hat. So pretty exciting about that because free hats, I'll take them all day. It pays for itself. It sure does. We are so excited to have you with us tonight, Dustin. Um, Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Yeah. We thank you for just giving us support and, you know, we, talking to us back and forth about the podcast and other things. We really appreciate all of the support you've given us so far. Absolutely, man. I mean, I think that's what it's what it's about. Honestly, we're here to support each other. Absolutely, amen, dude. Well, we'll start it off. Travis, you want to fire off the first question? Where did it start? Where did it start? That's always a loaded question for me because um, mm. there's so many like small yet pivotal moments. Um, so it all completely started when I was not even a teenager. So I started when I was about eight or nine working for my dad in the summers. Um, he had a really big um, business back in the 90s and early 2000s. Um, so I grew up making cabinets, renovating kitchens, building additions, the whole nine. Um, but for the sake of ADHD tangents, I would like to fast forward a few years to the year 2008, <laughs> specifically. Um, we were out at my grandmother's and we were replacing some windows and had some rotted wood. And uh, my grandfather had passed away earlier that year. Mm. And uh, 
my dad pulled out this board, this two by four, and it was gorgeous. And I was like, what is that? And he was like, oh, this, this is just some of Pep Hall's red cedar. And I was like, just, this thing's awesome, you know? And he was like, I have a whole bunch of it in the shed. It's like, well, can I have some? <laughs> and so, uh, me and him spent, uh, two days out at one of his, uh, friend's uh warehouse where he had like all the milling equipment and we started from scratch and we built this awesome coffee table so that was like my first like real experience with like building furniture starting from scratch and like really appreciating what you're making and so uh yeah that's where it really started for me i still have that coffee table it's in my living room downstairs mm. right now oh dude that's so cool that's such a special start it yeah, is. it really I is. That. I mean, it it it's what drives me to do what I've been doing for the past decade. So you all started there. How consistently have you been woodworking since then? So I took a little bit of sabbatical when I joined the army. Didn't have a place. Didn't have the tools. And thank you for after, your service, man. Yeah, thank absolutely. You. I didn't Appreciate know you were that. in the army. Actually, I feel like I did, but I forgot. So thank you. Well, thank you for your support. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so I had the, I didn't have anything to work in with on any of it. And, mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't until after my, me and my wife had gotten married, got our first house. I built our first kitchen table, which turned into a table for my brother-in-law and turned into a table for our friends, turned into a hall tree, you know, just turned into project after project, accumulate more and more tools. And so since then, so I'd say probably, yeah, 2014 is when I started consistently woodworking on a uh, regular basis. Haven't stopped okay. since. So nine years. Mm -hmm. about. That's awesome. When nine did Adkins, 10? sorry. No, I just said nine going on 10. When did Adkins Woodworking begin as an official business? Uh, it officially became a business this past, well, it's not even out of February. February 1st was my first official launch wow. of Atkins Woodworking LLC. But uh, wow. I started with Atkins Custom Woodworking as like a doing business as for a while. I switched mm -hmm. to Against the Grain. I hated that mm -hmm. after a while because I just wanted, wanted my name on what I did. So I went back to Atkins Woodworking and I dropped the custom. Yeah. I've been doing that for about three years now and but now you're going to change it to dadkins woodworking right dadkins woodworking there's actually a dr <laughs> adkins woodworking and i'm not mad at that because i'm dustin ray adkins and i'm kind of like oh mm, missed opportunity but it's already Dad <laughs> dradkins <laughs> <laughs> that's cool wow so fresh business fresh How... business yeah he might be the first guess that didn't start with like just a giant honeydew list with house renovations oh, yeah. and all you know he started right in the woodworking yeah that's true Mo most of the people we've talked to that's exactly where it started mm -hmm. drew and uh and kyle myself i guess i'm also where dustin is it started when okay. i was in high school yeah i mean really i mean my passion stemmed mm -hmm. from that and i always wanted to and then I really, I, I use the, the honeydew list as an excuse to get into woodworking sure. rather than having it 
like be a catalyst to my woodworking. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Travis, do you have any other questions? Yeah. <clears throat> what would you say that your niche is? I mean, it sounds like you're kind of a furniture maker. Is that what you identify Charlie, as? What was that word, Travis? <laughs> Moist. <laughs> I caught it. He did say niche. He did say niche. I said it very much on purpose. Again, niches I, get I stitches. heard the word, but I don't know. <laughs> the, the riches are in the niches. But What's so that is kind of a hard question to ask because kind of what my specialty has been over the years has been the unusual. Like, uh, I know, uh, I think y'all did see the humidor that was spring loaded that I posted mm-hmm. last yeah, week. So cool. Um, you know, that was a collaboration that just, you know, it's like, you know, Tim was like, I want to do this kind of thing, but you know, this. And so we talked about drawer slides and I was like, what would be really cool is if we have some spring loaded drawer slides and, you know, and so that's kind of where like my specialty lies. Cause I've had, I've built uh, like hidden gun safes for people and you know, the customer was like, I, you know, I've seen the little tiny mirror, but this wall is gigantic and I don't want to have this tiny mirror for my husband right in the middle of this big wall. So she bought like an Etsy Mm. sign that was massive and was like, I want you to turn this into a safe. And I was like, oh shit. Well, now I got to completely throw everything out the window (laughs) and start from scratch. Um, Or like that white oak vanity. She was like, I want this kind of vanity, but I want more storage with this style. And so it's like, Let's go to the drawing board and start figuring it out. Um, But I guess, long story short, I would say I'm probably more frequently a cabinet slash cabinet furniture hybrid maker. Mm -hmm. More than furniture. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it right now. My favorite piece of yours as I crept through your Instagram uh, was the barn door. The dark colored barn door. Really? Um, yeah, I'm a big farmhouse guy, so I just think that that's a, I think that's a really powerful accent piece. I really like that too. I it remember you Are you talking about the the one that had like the the accent like yep. triangles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was a fun and a nightmare all at the same time. <laughs> I had like the because it with a door that big, I don't like to use solid wood for the back. I'd like to use a stable plywood. And then mm-hmm. face it with real wood. And so I laminated the sides and it just got really cold. And the between the glue and the cold, it, it curled the entire lamination. So I had to cut everything off and start from scratch oh, the next yeah. day. Was... I, re- I remember remember you showing me that. <laughs> it yeah. was awful. Well, you fixed it. How did you fix it? I just cut it all off and re-laminated. I just laminated it with a, a little bit thicker material the next go around. Sure. Mm-hmm. Which I like that. You brought this up. Um, one of our staples on this podcast is just being upfront and honest about how not everything goes absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. Like oh, absolutely. you might see on YouTube or even on 99.99% of TikToks. Oh, the sound of that cord. cord. I love it. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so I 100% you, agree. Well, I, you probably, I would, I would hope you remember it because it was only a couple weeks ago. I messed up a project. I posted a reel on fixing it. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure he um, sent you a reply. He and then the same thing with the he, door, Yeah. Right? Then you did it. It was like and the same night. Like, yeah. I was like, this is amazing because this is reality. 
I hear your cork and I raise you. Say <laughs> that y'all are cheating. There's two of you. You can't, I can't, I can't triple stamp a double stamp. <laughs> Dumb and dumber. Ah, uh, yes. Um, back to the moment. <laughs> um, but talk about that. Um, because reels, TikToks, while portraying super great talent, don't necessarily give a hundred percent backstory on the project. So you said that there was a frustration with that humidor mm-hmm. that I think that's what you posted your reel about. So what happened with that and how'd you fix it? And by the way, that thing is splendid. I appreciate that. It's definitely one of my favorite builds currently. Um, But yeah, I mean, but to your point, there is not a single project that I have made that I did not have something get messed up that I had to fix. And I feel like that is not only a rite of passage as a woodworker, but it's how you grow. It's how you anticipate those mistakes. It's how you resolve fixing those mistakes because your first time fixing it it might look like crap and you might have to start over whereas you know the 10th time you're like oh yeah i remember how to do this you know like it's it's part of the nuances of learning to be a woodworker um but to answer your question the rosewood for the humidor uh my buddy tim said it was um indian rosewood i think he said and it's not like bolivian rosewood which is what i'm used to working with and so it is so much harder. It is so much harder. Like I can't describe to you, like you can throw it on the ground and it'll bounce and it'll have like a metallic sound to it. Like it's that hard. Oh, no kidding. And so what I would do is I would, I would do, drill a pilot hole. Cause I have like my center pilot hole bit, drill a pilot hole, use a zinc bit before you use the brass bit. Cause that's how you, you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to sink it with the zinc bit. So you don't accidentally break the brass bit drilling pull the zinc bit okay. zinc screw excuse me out put in the brass screw and when you do that you typically use some type of wax or oil to lubricate the whole process and that stuff was so hard that doing all of that i was still breaking brass screws off into the wood mm-hmm. and oh. so what i had to do is it was frustrating because i wanted to keep as much of the original wood as there as possible yeah. but every time i had a screw break i would undo the whole thing, drill out the screw, then tap a larger hole and replace it with a birch dowel, something softer that wouldn't snap the screw off. Mm-hmm. Ultimately out of, what was that? Out of 12 screws, about six of them have dowels in them, <laughs> but you can't see it cause the hinges cover it anyway, but mm-hmm, it right. was a huge pain. Yeah. It sounds like it, but that's woodworking. You just, you that go is and you learn as you go and, I mean, carpentry is a big thing like that too, is half, I think you told me this quote, it's like, uh, oh, um, 60% of construction is not how well you build it. It's how well you hide it. Yeah. Yeah. I would even argue that. I just had this conversation with a buddy of mine. So like my buddy KO, we work together a lot Mm. and he's, um, relatively new in terms of like pretty much on the construction side of it, it's kind of alien to him. Like he's a great furniture builder, all that, but like cabinetry, all that is not his wheelhouse, but we've been doing a lot together. And that's why I explained to him. I was like, literally everything in a house 
is designed to fine tune the rough parts. You know, it's like the framing's the roughest part, and then the sheetrock goes up, and then out of all the rough sheetrock work, the trimming goes up, and the cabinetry goes up, and then mm-hmm. the bullnose goes up, and then the shoe mold, and all all those things are meant to fine tune. So when it's finished, you don't see all the all the mess. Yeah, that's a fantastic way to put it. Mm-hmm. You just keep putting layer on layer on layer, yeah. and each layer you get a little better. I'm all about form and function. When form meets function, it's fantastic. Mm. Ooh, I like that. I like that. So moving on to the next question. Um, So you just became an official business. What made you decide to... Well, actually, we'll start at the beginning of when you started making money off of woodworking. So what made you want to do that? Um, so I'm going to have to back up a little bit to answer that question. So what I've done over the years is I haven't taken money per se. What I've done is I've advanced my shop. So anytime someone came at me sideways with something crazy, I was like, well, I really don't have the tools to do that. But if you buy me the tool and the material, I'll do the project. Mm. And so that was kind of for a long time, how I did business. I didn't, I never really took any money. I just advanced okay. my collection of tools and, and kind of built my shop. I like um, that. Once I reached a certain point, I just started taking money. Um, not much, just, it was more of a hobby, but to answer your question, what made me take the leap of faith was um, my buddy KO. He went out on his own almost two years ago now. And he's like, man, you can do it. You know, you're talented. Like you just, he's like, you just got to take that leap of faith. He's like, I'll be there with you when you do it. And, uh, between that and the support from my family and my wife, especially my wife, God, my wife's a saint. I love her so much. Um, I just was like, you know what? It's, it's shit or get off the pot. Let's do this. Uh And so come May, I'm (laughs) You know, I actually just f- signed my formal resignation at my job yesterday. So no kidding, come, really. Come May, it'll be full time. I'm gonna attempt to live the dream. No way, dude. That's that's awesome. Congrats. Yeah. It's um, Absolutely. it's getting wild out there. I'm excited and terrified. <laughs> that's fantastic. I I mean i I can definitely i I thought that you were full time, be you know, until a month ago when we had the conversation. I totally thought you were doing this full time. And then you told me you're a teacher. I'm like, huh? Yeah. I um, don't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Same. And so I do as much as I can, like with power tools. And then like, I'll be out in the garage until like 2 a.m. doing woodwork or hand tools so I can get forward momentum while everyone's asleep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, that's fair. Sometimes the only time I get to be in the shop is when my whole family's sleeping. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like your wife's awake, but you haven't seen her all day. So you're like, I could be woodworking, but then I'm like, well, I don't get to spend time with her. I need to do that. So then it's like, okay, she goes a bit at 10. I'm out there from 10 to one or whatever. Talk us through your shop tools set up. Okay. So I have, I have essentially a three car garage. So my, uh, the way mm-hmm. mine is set up, the guy who had the house built was a big boater and so it's got a two car door with an extra bay where he would back his boat in and so i have a pretty 
I have a pretty big shop compared to most, but it's also shared by a refrigerator and trash cans and bicycles and stuff like that. So I'm sure y'all have seen in some of the videos, I got dusty bikes on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm in the process of turning essentially two bays into a full setup shop. I'm going to stop pulling my truck in the garage and dedicate since I'm going full time. Um, I have everything basic and then I have quite the extensive, well, I wouldn't say extensive, but I have quite the plethora of hand tools, uh, from my great grandfather. Actually, most of them are for him. Oh, cool. And then, um, I just bought the Laguna a couple months ago. That is by far my most favorite tool on the planet. That thing is so awesome. Is it I don't know why I didn't. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I got the F2. Nice. I love it so much. It's amazing. <laughs> it's Is amazing. It a cabinet saw? Yeah. I guess yeah. Laguna probably doesn't make anything but cabinet saws, do they? Uh, I don't know about that. I haven't seen anything other than the cabinet. Right. I but, um, That's why I say that. I had the rigid cabinet, which was a huge step up from the crappy Ryobi that I had. Um. It was like old. It was a blue Ryobi. Like that's how old it was. Oh, the blue. Like, it was a, you got the old. It was a Ryobi. blue Ryobi. Oh, gee. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it wasn't crappy. I mean, it did its job, but it didn't even have miter slots, so I couldn't like make any jigs oh. or anything on it. So anyway, didn't have long a story miter, short, miter gauge on it. That's weird. No, it was. That's not a new thing, is it? It was an thing. abomination. I don't know what that thing was, but huh. it got me through some times. So I'm not <laughs> complaining. Right. It got you to but, from point A to point B. To now you're at the better point L. It's funny because like when I got the Laguna from the Rigid, like there's just so much more like fine tuning you can do with the Laguna. So I like to tell people mm -hmm. I can machine wood now because I can push something through and not like burn it. It comes out square <laughs> and flat and glorious. Yes, dude, that's awesome. Look. When you get a saw that can make like accurate, consistent cuts, it's such a game changer. It really is such a game changer. I had I a really crappy all... craftsman oh, for a long time. No, you're good. I had a really crappy craftsman for like two years and it just like made it hard to go woodwork because it's like, this is so frustrating and so annoying. I can't even make a consistent, accurate cut. Mm. It's just mm -hmm. like, makes you not want to do it sometimes. That's how I am with the Ryobi right now. Mm. And That's... I can't get, I can't get it perfectly. Um, to perfect zero everything's coming out with about a a half degree to a degree of bevel it's super frustrating yeah it's it's a pain it really are, is are you a brand brand specific person or you just kind of go with what you like uh i'm more of a features person like Okay. I I used to be like a brand person and like the more time has gone on I'm like I don't care what the name is I don't care I look at the warranty and I look at what that specific thing can do for what I want it to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um that's kind of why I went Laguna like I was looking at something much cheaper options to replace the rigid cuz it died on me and it just came down to like if I want to keep doing the things that I'm doing, this thing would make my life so much easier. Right. So I chose mm -hmm. that. I totally get that. Mm -hmm. Would you ever go the saw stop route? You know, it's really funny. So like, um, 
we have a local woodworking store called the Woodwork Shop. And Rita, the owner, she's always like hustling saw stop. And she's like, you got to have a saw stop. And I was like, <laughs> I really don't. Because if I had like 10 employees, then absolutely I would have a saw stop. Yeah. Like it was, that's it's no a liability contest. thing. Yeah. But I mean, it's one of those things. It's It's risk and reward. You know, I don't think in my personal opinion, it's necessary for me because I attempt to be very good at my table saw safety. Mm -hmm. Um, like we all know that one person that's missing a finger from a table saw accident, but mm -hmm. no one knows like 50 people who's missing a finger yes. or three from a table saw accident. So I would like to believe I'm in that higher percentage of people that are going to keep their fingers. I mean, part of it's also fingers just crossed. keeping like <laughs> keeping a, a fear of your table saw, like a, a, yeah. a reverence, it. like a respecting your the power of your tool. Almost treat it like a firearm. Yeah, like it's always exactly yeah. treat it like it's always loaded. Always loaded. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um. Always. Y'all watch Stumpy Nubs at all? Yeah. 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 He did a really good, like, concise video on like table saw safety and like when to push the wood through by hand, when to use a push stick and the dimensions mm -hmm. of which those things to be and don't do this and don't do that. Like mm -hmm. it's a short video, but it's really, really educational. So He's those who a... are listening, if you haven't seen it, check it out. I'm going to, I think I might've watched, I've watched a lot of his videos. He He's a Luna Guguda guy, right? No, Harvey. He's a Harvey he's guy. Harvey. Yeah. He's a Harvey guy. Yeah. Hmm. I, I like him a lot. His video Style is still stuck in like the early 2000s, but I think that's what's so special <laughs> yeah. about him. And he's you're a little Magoo, a video, you know. Like you're, he's, you're watching he's... a video from a week ago, and it seems like I'm watching a video from 2006. Right. Yeah. But, but always great information. Like he knows his stuff, and he's got like a thousand hand planes, and it's cool to look at his hand plane collection. Yeah, like him. So... And... Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Nope. You go. I was going to say go him ahead. and Mark. I think are like the most. Mark, uh, the wood whisperer, like the most like mm -hmm. educationally yeah. good woodworkers, you know, everyone else <laughs> usually has their own like little thing, but they are, they're good with their education. Yeah, very much so. So Festool now has, um, a table saw with that feature. I saw that with the safety feature. Yes. Now the only green that I can afford right now is Ryobi. I mean, <laughs> Festool is, that's a plunge, but. Oh my God. Um, yes. I commented on their video because they did the hot dog on top of the board or whatever. And oh, yeah. I just commented something sarcastic. And I was like, imagine how many table saws we would quit ruining if you would just stop putting hot dogs on your board when you cut it. <laughs> and they replied and they were like, you're an idiot. They didn't say that, but they did with their emoji <laughs> face. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was like, well, I hope that they understand that that's sarcasm. But well, my thing about the, uh, the brake system, at least for SawStop, I can't speak for Festool, but my thing about that is the feature is fantastic, but what no one talks about is the $200 plus you're going to spend when you accidentally mm -hmm. activate it with a piece of metal or a piece of wet wood or something that is not your finger. You're out $200 right. plus. Yeah, for right the cartridge. The well, the cartridge, cartridge is $80, and, and but if you're blade. using good blades, yeah. that blade is shot. So... so to your point, the, you know, having to replace the blade, replace the cartridge, there is a new company and I can't, I think it's a German company. I just followed them a couple of days ago and they have a system that has a camera that sits above the blade and it has a blade guard. And 
it it detects when your thumb is going into the blade oh, and it sucks. So it the can blade differentiate. Down. Yeah. It That's differentiates cool. and you don't ruin the blade. You can reuse it. You reset it and you're good to go. That's awesome. Um, I'm a little skeptical about the camera aspect. Like what if it gets dusty and it doesn't detect as well? Or like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what, it, I mean, mm-hmm. it, just it depends more, on what the camera's more, reading, because if it's reading like true. an IR and not oh, color yeah. or black or white, then that's, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like an inf- infrared is when you, you say IR, you mean infrared. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That, that's very true. Mm-hmm. Although my dad always taught me the more bells and whistles the car has, the more bells and whistles you're going to have to fix. So right. I, I always, I just like yeah. simple. Well, that's so, kind of the point back to like the Festool. Like they're, um, they're great. Even their table saw, I watched them do a thing on their table saw. And it was like, you could adjust the angle of the blade digitally. And then it would also adjust the height of said blade to its setting. So if you set it like a half an inch tall and then cut it to a 45, it would automatically adjust the height of the blade to still cut at a 45 at half an inch above the the table. Mm. Like mm-hmm. that's great. But, um, you know, if it goes sideways, then yeah. you're out of however much table saw. Right. I can also just do that myself and mm-hmm. <laughs> watch where my fingers are. Right. <laughs> Again, exactly. it comes back to the whole being aware of yeah. the power of the tool. Like, well, just be smart about it. And I'm not downplaying the safety of that. Like, I'm not saying yeah. I'm just run of the mill going through the motions on the table. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, right. I'm very aware that something could happen, you know, something could fall and hit your leg and you get distracted and look up or, you know stuff happens you know i know a horror story of somebody who um they were working construction but they were ripping a board and somebody called their name and they turned around and boom four fingers Mm. so it it can happen Um, oh it can totally happen you know when somebody tries to get my attention while i'm on the table saw i just kind of politely ignore them and then as soon as i shut it off say hey sorry i didn't want to take my focus off of this (laughs) yeah i mean it's that's so unsafe to do that to somebody who's using a table Mm -hmm. saw and not everybody knows you (laughs) know right yeah yeah you know a customer that hires you more so for construction but might not have that thought might not cross their mind yeah they're just coming out to see how it's going and you know just a simple hey oh it's going can distract you and Mm -hmm. boom accidents happen and then you only have Zero fingers. Mm-hmm. Which you're right, risk reward. I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather pay two hundred bucks for a cartridge and a blade than a uh, hospital bill for and have trauma for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. However, no. you're paying double. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cheap. I'm sorry. I just am. As that, much as the I motivation, can be. so I'm actually pro saw stop. I would like to. I would really like to have one. But I think the motivation for me to keep respecting the blade is the money aspect. Mm. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. I want to keep my fingers, but this is a piece of technology that does that. So if I do make a mistake, you know, I get to keep my fingers. But the thing that really keeps me from being very careful with the sauce up is the $200 I have to pay. It's like, yeah. I don't want to pay $200, so I'm going to be really careful here. 
Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. I do not want a bash saw stop. I mean, I think they make something awesome. I just oh yeah, coming back full circle with our ADHD tangent. We were going to do this. We knew it. Um, (laughs) It's not. It was not an option that was important for me at this current juncture. Mm. You know, I Mm -hmm. like the lagoon. I like the features that came with it, and the saw stop just didn't do it for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, That's totally fair. Yeah. What do you what do you get when you put three ADHD people on a podcast? Good content, hopefully. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I just made it up. Um, You're asking the questions. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Where Knock am it I? off. I'm doing the interview here. No, you said when I walked in the room. I would be doing the interview now. When was the last time that you spoke pot? <laughs> Dustin, are you an office fan? You know, I'm admittedly and slightly ashamed sometimes when I say that I am not. Okay, see, so I have seen so Goodbye. many episodes, it was just not for me. I was more of a Parks person, and I know they're okay. essentially well, the same fair. show, but that's okay. Not Parks- everybody's right. <laughs> we can't all be right <laughs> i'm entitled to my wrong opinion no i parks is a great show i enjoy both I, um, love parks and Rec. I think the office took on the mockumentary and ran away with like just making sure that it was a little bit dry not so much like a typical tv show where parks feels more like a typical tv show with some aspects of the office that's fair I can now, see that. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I hated the first season the first time I watched it. And then I. Parks or Office? Office. And Same. then I watched it again, and boom, here we are. I love know, the first season. 974 now. rewatches later. I used to hate the first <laughs> season, too, for like two years. I watched it three or four times through, and I hated the first season. Now I love it. Yeah. 90% of um, my content. So four posts is office related (laughs) (laughs) and it's going to just keep on coming yeah yeah we'll work we'll work some ron swanson in there plus this is this is news to the whole world we joined the maker collab do you know what that is dustin no you so you join with another maker on instagram and Mm -hmm. it just happens that we live close and we're both on instagram so we're like let's just do it together because it's easy that way we are doing an office themed um, project because the theme is TV show, so you have to build something themed off a TV show mm-hmm. this year. That's and there's cool. what, where do you like find the information on that? I'll send you the um, the Instagram profile, mm-hmm. but it's just maker collab, is yep. what the, okay. the Instagram profile is. I and you can I sign up, them. I just don't think I'm... you sign up until uh, March 7th is when the registration closes. And Tom Silva from This Old House is the judge, yes, that is what oh, okay. really got me onto it. I was like, okay, Tom Silva, man, if I could have him see my project. Yeah. Even if I don't win, like he still looked at my project because right. he's a judge. Awesome. Yeah. That's yep. amazing. It's yep. so cool. It's such a cool opportunity. And there's amazing prizes too. Yeah. Yeah. And see, that's so, like that's what I really love about Instagram. Like, I love the fact that no matter what you do or how bad it is, you're getting exposure to somebody somewhere. And so for me, that has just been like yeah. local exposure. And mm-hmm. it's been fantastic mm-hmm. for my business. And so I, I've really come around on Instagram. I was like, oh. but it's awesome. And then 
on top of that, you get the actual woodworking community, which as mm -hmm. a general whole is very positive, very supportive. Mm -hmm. I agree. It's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's almost like a home, like within a social media platform. Yeah. Like I don't feel like I'm scrolling time away. Um, yeah. When I'm looking at that stuff, I feel like I'm connecting with people who I may not know personally but you just you feel like you know them like i was telling dylan coming into tonight like chatting with you i feel like i kind of know you from watching your posts and and stuff like that and kind of yeah. felt that way with like drew from fernwood farms and yeah that's what makes instagram really special yeah, yeah. same here like i didn't come in nervous at all because i feel like we have found common ground already just mm -hmm. through right, yeah. texting and you know commenting yeah yeah I, I mean, some of my, my friends I talk to most these days, like on my phone, are from Instagram, just woodworkers that I've just, mm -hmm. like you, Dustin. I mean, we, we chat quite a bit. Mm -hmm. He only talks to me on Instagram now, too. <laughs> yeah. That's not true. It's mostly true. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's dive into, let's dive into content All right. a little bit. You know, I, um, do you have like, tiktok or do you do you just pretty much stick solely with instagram uh instagram is my main focus mm. um but i feed my instagram post through to my facebook and i feel like that's where i get a lot of traction for the business side of it yeah. from the social mm -hmm. side of it i get um instagram of course and then my i do have a tiktok and i have like eight followers most of them family so <laughs> I technically don't have a TikTok if you if you look at it through that lens. <laughs> right. I'm one of your eight followers. I appreciate the follow. And I, I really and I do love, appreciate the I love that uh, festival video you made of opening the, the sander and you floating. Yes. <laughs> that was <laughs> like, I don't know what possessed me to make that. And I feel like an idiot the whole time I was recording it. <laughs> and my I daughter. I made a video like that too. <laughs> your your floating videos of what gave me the inspiration oh, really? for the festival so thank you sir you're welcome um but yeah my daughter went absolutely ape over the video she loved it and that's why like the remix came from and it's i had so more fun, fun shooting awesome. that with her it's so funny and because like her whole vibe was like she's like yeah and like literally she was the director like the remix so cool. was not me i did had nothing to do with it she was like i want to shoot a video and i was like okay let's do it and she was like okay so when you fall I, you turn into me and i was like i'm here for it what else you got and she was like i'm gonna wear my cat pajamas i'm here for it what else you got you know and so like i don't know it was awesome it was a lot of fun that is fun that's really cool that you're able to involve your daughter with that and you know make it a make it a family thing make it fun for for everybody yeah you know and um I have to say here lately, I've really fallen off with that, but I do always do try to like include her. I include Sam a lot because he's interested, but she's starting to get, you know, she, she's seven in 10 days and, you know, she's getting into her own. And so she used to come out in the shop all the time and, and all that. So, but anyway, long story short, I try to involve her as much on her interested level, just so she learns something. And I don't, one of the big things that I've valued over time 
is the fact that I have so many family members that are in the trades and know how to do so much. And I have been able to do so much myself because of them that I want her to feel that way when she's older. Like I want her to mm-hmm. know how to do certain things mm-hmm. and my son too. For sure. I think it's really valuable to teach our kids how to work, you know, like this yeah, day and age, it, so many, so many people don't work. Yeah. People just play video games all day. And they, at the very least, like they could become some corporate bigwig. I don't care. As long as they respect right. the process, yeah. you know? Yeah. You're yeah. humbled by it. Yeah. Work is a blessing, I think. Yeah, like, absolutely. Able to work with your hands and make a living. And mm-hmm. I'll be the first to say, like, when I was growing up, I was a very stereotypical millennial of like, why would I go outside? I have a, you know, at the time, a PlayStation 3 or 2. I had a PlayStation 1. I did too. Inside, Tony Hawk you know, Pro Skater. why would we go play outside? Mm-hmm. And, you know, then, or why can't I just go play with my friends or whatever? And, you know, dad's making me help him build this or fix this. Or, and you hated every second of it. I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. Holding the flashlight. Holding the thing. flashlight wrong. Whatever it was. Um, looking back, I cherish those moments so much, not only for the time that I spent with my dad, mm-hmm. um, but the skills that he was able to pass on yeah. and passing on a work ethic. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so like now, and maybe this is just part of becoming an adult too, but like I get a lot more of a rush or enjoyment out of my day when I'm busy doing something, whether that's fixing something in the house, replacing a faucet, replacing a light, building something in the shop. Then I do binging a Netflix show. I, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel, but oh, 100%. I, I'm totally on board with that. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Um, yeah. I mean, to, to that exact point, like, it has made me appreciate my dad and what he forced me to do <laughs> as a kid. Cause like when I was in my twenties, um, me and my buddy, when we were in the army, he ended up buying a house and we rented it together. And, uh, you know, it was like, Oh, the toilet's broken. I was like, I'll just go down to home Depot, buy a kit. We'll fix the internals and it'll be all right. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know how to do that. I was like, you don't you know, just, <laughs> Stuff like that over time. And even like um, yesterday, I went out to a service call for a, uh, a friend. of. She's a friend of mine now. She's actually my dad's friend. Like it's like second generation, like working for Miss Mary. Like we've worked for her for years. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I went out to a service call because she said her pantry door was broken. And just the, it's one of those hinges <laughs> that like click together and the click, the click mechanism. Had come oh, right. I was there for like two seconds. I was like, here, click done. And she was like, oh, my God, that is it. And I was like, yeah, that'll be $500. <laughs> yeah, but it's but to our point, like I, I appreciate the fact that I learned those things and I, and I really do value them so much now as an adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is related, but slightly different. But when when I was out building and doing construction, my favorite customers were the older people that worked in the trades but were just upfront and honest and saying like hey I can't do this anymore would you be willing to do this and the reason I love that so much is because 90% of the time they would sit out and watch you work not to micromanage but to talk shop mm-hmm. or like one guy was like 
yeah, I'm, you know, just wanted to see how the techniques have changed or, mm, you know, yeah. look at all these fancy new tools that you guys have compared to when we had them or it makes it fun. It really does. It does. Like, uh, to that point of a little funny sidebar, I don't know how much of this is actually being the podcast, but this is, I'm having a great time. <laughs> me too, man. Um, <laughs> We do yeah, that. to to that exact point, that's me and my dad now. Like he's on, he will be seventy this September, I believe. Um, I had a little too much. I can't remember when he was born. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's seventy. <laughs> that's just this ADHD year. talking, right? It really is. But anyway, <laughs> that's not the point. The point is that's me and my dad now. Like there was one day, he you know he still works. Mm. He's not even retired yet. He still works. Mm. He has two guys on his crew. ADHD sideboard. I'm really excited to go to full time so I can help him and work with him more now. That's awesome. Back to the original point. Um, and he was building some cabinets one day and he was like, yeah, so we have this angle here and I'm not sure how wide to make the cabinet because we're coming from this wall and this wall inward and I don't know how to make the cabinet. And I was like, well, that's just some quick math. Like, let me sit down. And like, as I was sitting down, I was like, I had a little, I was struggling a little bit. Not gonna lie. I was like, yeah, we do this and then that. And I was just writing You're it down. You're a math teacher and, by the, and you struggle? Well, I was just trying to figure out like <laughs> the math that needed to happen. Okay. Long story short, as I was writing out the like my little equation and doing the math, he's like, forget this, has him and Brandon like put all the cabinets together and like measure out the walls that he had and like tapes everything out. And then he was like, it's... 14 and you know seven sixteenths and i was like oh, according to my math it's 14 and five eighths thank you very much that's, that's <laughs> you need to make cabinet. <laughs> but it's like a, a melding of the old school and the new school yeah yeah i i'm very much of your that method not your method <laughs> the looking at the reality the reality measurement is what i i've mm -hmm. heard it called just mm -hmm. like yeah like you put it in actual look, space Instead yes. of theory. And, you and just, there's nothing you wrong with it. Yeah. There's yeah, more than I, one way you skin a cat. I suck at math. So I'm never, I never go to the mathematical equation. I always go to how can I lay this out so I can see it and manipulate it and then trace it or whatever I need to do. And then I'll do it that yeah. way. And it usually works out pretty well. Yeah. You, yeah. The term is story stick. You're a story stick person. Story pole. Yeah. Story yeah. Pole? I, same thing. I've but, never heard yeah. this before. You never heard of story pole? No, never. Or a story stick? No. Yeah, so like you don't like the little collapsible like measuring tapes? They used to okay. not have increments on them. They were just sticks and you could literally expand and contract to make the size that you needed and that was your story. And you took that stick oh. and put it on your wood and then like cut it. That's cool. Do they yep. still make those? Yeah. Contour gauges. Oh, I have a contour gauge. Well, that's they're not, not quite the same. It's not but... the same thing. But they, yeah, the contour gauge is pretty cool. Um, do they still make the story sticks? I'm sure they do. I'll have to check that out. That's cool. Yeah. Because no, uh, that's it's, awesome. It's the reality. Like you, you look at the reality of what's being measured instead of doing the, the theoretical math. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Crap. So, Dadkins, what is your? Wouldn't it be nice? oh see i stared at this question so much like and like i love how you were like for the future yeah for the future for the future but i have two. Be nice. 
Okay. I have two. I have, a, I have a past and a future. And so um, mm. my past would be, wouldn't it be nice had I pulled the trigger sooner? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have done it. You know, I, well, I wouldn't have obviously because here I am. But um, I always do wonder what if yeah. on that one. But my my future what if would be, wouldn't it be nice if I had an actual building? No matter where it yeah. is or how it manifests, um, I want to have a place to go to work that is not my actual domicile, like not my house in uh-huh. any form or fashion. Whether that be an external building on a property or an actual commercial space like that. I want that so bad Hmm. for many different reasons. But yeah, I really want my own space to work that isn't my home. It's fantastic. Is is that a five-year plan, 10-year plan? Is there a plan in place? It depends. So this can be on the podcast, but... Me and my wife are actually going to look at a property Mm. Friday. Nice. Yeah. um, Because we're in like this unique position here in Memphis where this couple bought a house on four acres with the intention of renovating it, got halfway through and abandoned it. Oh, Mm. so they're selling it below market value because it's unfinished. It already has an external uh, building it has the actual home on four acres and they're asking 150,000 below market value for it holy what Dude. yeah so, so we're keep yeah keep going keep going i was just gonna I was ask say more so details. yeah so we're going we're going to look at it on a friday and see if it's right for agates woodworking if it isn't we're actually going to start entertaining the idea of looking for investors to flip it because mm-hmm. Atkins woodworking, there's like some ish insurance issues as far as like what Atkins woodworking is insured to do. But overall I can do all the work myself. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. mostly cosmetic hmm. and then yeah. we can turn around and flip it. Yeah. Um, I probably wouldn't get to it until August cause I'm booked until August. Um, well, yeah, we're talking four months, five months max on the insurance part of it uh-huh. till we're done and ready to flip. So that's cool. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. So we'll see. Long story short, the wouldn't be nice would be a shop. We're in the process of looking. Um, but yeah, that that's what I want. I really want a space to work. Yeah. Do you have any advice that you would give? Um, to the listeners of this podcast, and this is very open-ended. It is. Okay. So this is actually my favorite question of like the bullet points is, you know, what is the one piece of advice I would give anyone who's ready or interested in woodworking? And it is two things. Number one, it's never, never too late to start. Mm-hmm. And never stop advancing your skills. Um, I talked about earlier in the podcast about like this imposter syndrome of like, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I'm that person. 
Like, I don't know if I'm that top quality or medium quality, even like the, let's, let's, let's set the bars dead in the middle. I don't know if I'm that person. You are, you just don't know what you don't know. Hmm. And so the only way to know it is to never stop advancing where you are to where you're going to be. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing this almost 10 years, nine years now. And within the past, I'd say four years, maximum four years, maximum. I have doubled or tripled my skills through two things. People believing in me and not giving up, trying new things. And I think that is so important to the people who are in the entry level. Like that's what I talked about. Like I really want to start building a Memphis community and I want to start with the basics of woodworking and teaching those classes. Like YouTube university is fantastic, but yeah, agreed. I like it's, it's fantastic. It is, it is a great tool, but it does not teach you nuance and you can get that nuance through two avenues, local education through someone who can give you that nuance or self-education and trial and error and yeah. failing, failing. Yeah. I even tell my students this all the time. They're like, I don't understand this or, you know, I don't get it or whatever. It's like, that's okay. What you do with that information is what's important. You have to grow or you never grow. That's it. Like you have to grow or you'll never grow. Yeah. So you're keep either, trucking. You're either moving forward or you're not. Right. And exactly. If you're not moving forward, everything else is moving forward, but you're staying behind. Exactly. Yeah. That's one thing I wish I would have understood when going through that time period in life. Cause I remember like hard math subject, give up, who cares? Like, I'm not going to need this later, you know? And you're not teaching these things to make the kids struggle or get frustrated. You're teaching these things so they can learn how to problem solve or use their resources in order to figure right. it out. I tell my kids all the time, I'm like, show me your brain. So I teach them chemistry and I ask them to show me their brain and that can be chemistry or whatever they're passionate about. And so I've, I've given y'all my brain tonight and, yeah. and I just appreciate the opportunity. Well, thanks for being open and honest and vulnerable and, you know, the scotch we... helped. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Yeah, thank you, man, yeah. for coming on. We really appreciate you coming on and just um, being honest with us and telling us some some good stories and and all that. Um, it's all valuable, and we we love doing this. We love hearing from from our guests, and this was no exception. This was an awesome episode. So yeah, thank you for, for sure for joining yeah, us. I, thank you for being open. I had a blast, and 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 I can't thank y'all enough. I re I really can't. Like this was a good way. Again, to share my brain. I don't know how else to say it. I got to share my brain tonight, and I appreciate the opportunity to do so. Well, thank you for your brain. I will <laughs> I will take care of it, I promise. <laughs> okay, gentlemen. We have reached the point in the podcast where we must offer a dad joke to the podcasting gods. Lay it on us, Dustin. 
I offer this one. What do you call a dog that is also the god of thunder? Hmm. A labrathor. <laughs> nice. I have a cat named Loki, so there's that. You're welcome. Clearly, we forgot to record a dad joke while we were recording, so we had Dustin send us that one, and uh, I love it. We love having a new dad joke to add to our back pocket. Uh, Once again, we just want to say thank you for our listeners. Uh, Please support us on Patreon if you feel so inclined. That support there helps us to just continue to make the podcast better. Uh, We want to eventually add video so that our viewers can can watch us while we're having our podcast and potentially even go live at some point. And uh, just the financial support there will help us get those things going and also help us just upgrade our audio equipment so we can continue to improve upon what we've already um, kind of built. So that support is awesome. Please join our Facebook group, the Wouldn't It Be Nice community. We want to get that up and going. Uh, It's slow rolling right now, but you know, it's brand new. So we want to see it kind of start to grow here soon. And we'd love you to be part of that community. And on top of that, we also have Instagram. So go follow us there. Um, if you ever have a question, you can email us at wouldn't it be nice podcast at gmail.com, or you can send us a direct message on Instagram. Thank you guys once again, and have a good rest of your morning, day, or night. Wouldn't It Be Nice theme song was performed and written by Luke Snyder.